It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, one of the certified financial planners on the show, as well as your host, along with fellow financial advisor, Josh Gregory. Hey, are you comfortable banking online? Do you ever worry about just how safe it really is? Nope. Or maybe you're the opposite, where you are just always craving the new technology in that area. That's me, and you were looking right at me. I'm sure. Well, today, we welcome electronic banking specialist Darla Kaufman from First State Bank to the program to share with us what you need to know about electronic banking. And everything about the new iPhone coming out, right? That's right. No, she's she's staring off. It has a scared look on her face. No, we'll we get won't your ask. daughter on the show That's for right. that, right? right? Hey, if you have any questions, not about the new iPhone, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us three ways. First, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 574-222-2000. Put your name at the beginning of that, maybe your age, where you're from, and then all the details of your question. That really helps, and we will address it on an upcoming show. Second way. Connect with us, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right, as well as catch up on all the previous episodes, anything that you've missed. Lastly, Facebook and Twitter, soon to be YouTube, at Wise Money Radio. If you have a question or just want to follow us that way, you can do so as well. So I Josh, have a question. Is there really a new iPhone? There's going to be. Oh, my goodness. There always is, I you guess. You can't but be on the show. We're talking about technology, I'm, Josh. I'm feeling out of touch all of a sudden. <laughs> like, I don't know about an announcement. Yeah, you're going to have to retire that flip phone, my friend. <laughs> all right. As Josh mentioned, Darla Kaufman is with us today. We're so glad to have her on the program. She's the electronic banking specialist over at First State Bank. Welcome to the show, Darla. Thank you. Good morning. All right. So before you introduce yourself, so again, we've, we've kind of uh, exchanged some emails together. I think about some remote check deposit stuff going on here at KFG. Um, but we hadn't met. So I looked you up on LinkedIn and it said you had 26 years of banking experience. And I figured since we're talking about technology, over 26 years, you must have seen a lot of changes with technology and banking. So really perfect person to be have to have on the show. Yeah, well, I appreciate being here and being asked to be here. You had 26 years of first state bank banking experience, working from the teller line all the way up. Um, went to work in the electronic banking department, which we didn't really have that department 12 years ago. Um, And when I came on the scene, remote deposit was just a new product rolling out. We rolled it out about 11 or 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. That was my biggest first project that I worked on. And then that's kind of condemning to us, by the way. (laughs) We're not exactly early adopters on that, are we? (laughs) Having just rolled it out ourselves uh, recently. Can't say that that we haven't had some of that and that I haven't worked with customers for two and three years at a time to get them to that point. (laughs) Sure. But uh, it's been great. And the department has grown just in the types of services that we offer. Um, We have to bring those services to our customers. So not only in online banking, but now mobile and all of the things we can do mobily. So it's been quite the journey and every day is a new day and every week seems to bring something new. So it's exciting. It is, it is technology. So, mm-hmm. hey, so let's start just really big picture then. 
kind of kind of basic and discuss how technology has really been changing the way people bank. I know that it has for me. It probably has for you too, as you're listening here. But just talk about some of the trends over the past five to ten years and how people do their banking, how technology has changed that, what some of the trends are. Well, you have to think back that ten years ago we weren't doing a whole lot online. I mean, we were, but it's grown so much. Yeah. You have to think that we have forty percent more people now online than we had ten years ago. So if if things are growing that quickly, you know now we don't do things online anymore. Um, that the biggest percentage of online is actually mobile. So yeah. our phones and our tablets have replaced our laptops, and we do everything mobily. So those are things yeah. that we've really had to rush to adopt and to embrace. Um, if you can um, order your groceries on your phone now, you can check to make sure you've turned off your lights at home. You can check to see what's in your refrigerator. You're doing everything on your phone. So that's where we are now. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Has that translated into less foot traffic going into physical branches then? I mean, do you guys track that? How many visitors come into a branch? And and is this driven by technology, in your opinion? Absolutely. And the biggest uh, obstacle that banks face right now is foot traffic into brick and mortar. Hmm. We do... We do want people to come into branches. There's no question. Uh, They still get most of their information and their good information from individuals who we have working in our institutions. However, with the percentage of people doing things online and doing things especially through their phone, they don't come in. And just since 2008, the number of um, in-house transactions has dropped so dramatically that you see bank branches closing all the time. Right. It's not something that banks want to do, invest a million dollars in a new building. So we invest that money in technology and what can we do mobily and how can we change our brick and mortar, our our branches to do things and help our customers where they are. So maybe they only come in once or twice if they have a question, but they do everything else through their phone or their computer. Mm-hmm. So are you guys, and what's interesting, what we love having you guys as sponsors of the, of the show because we share similar values, hometown bank, right? Mm-hmm. And That's right. So are you guys, I guess in a naive way, I might just think, well, you guys are probably maybe resisting the technology trend that you know the Bank of America is in these big shops can invest a ton of money into. Um, but what I'm hearing you say, Darla, is you guys are, are investing like everyone else. You've got to ride the wave. You've got to reach customers in this new way, right? I love to hear that because we are a community bank founded in Middlebury in 1910. We only have seven offices and we cover Middlebury, Goshen, Elkhart, Mishawaka, South Bend, but we are investing in technology. Mm-hmm. And I've loved that about our our philosophy. You know, we, we value family. Uh, that's why our employees are long-term employees, yeah. honestly, is what we do for our, for our employees. Um, but we do leverage a lot in technology because we have to. Yeah. We have to meet our customers where they are. You know, I'm remembering back to uh, the beginning of my career or end of my college years. And at that time, this, this was at the heyday of the dot-com bubble, right? And everyone had kind of lost their mind. They believed that everything was going to be online. There was never going to be a bricks-and-mortar bank or, you know, right. grocery store or anything like that ever again, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, it, so, so it's been slow in coming, 
But was that prediction right? I mean, are, are we headed more and more towards um, if you're not online, then you're in trouble as an institution? That's kind of a loaded question. I'm not sure that we're in trouble as an institution. I think that you're behind as an institution if you're mm-hmm. not online and you're not offering online or mobile services. Um, as far as things disappearing, yes, there's there are a list of things that are maybe on the the brink of disappearing. Checks. It's not banking, is it? It's not banking. Right. It's the way we do it. Yes. That's the, yes, that's the that's important right. thing. She's, she's exactly right. It's it's not banking. It's the way it's the way you do it. So I'm interested here about about checks or or whatever else, whatever else you might think is on the way out. Well, they have said since. Um, the early 2000s that we would be a paperless society. So checks are going away. Yeah. Well, we do do things a lot uh, but digitally. Um, so mobile banking and scanning a check, taking a picture of a check, you know, that's just getting rid of the paper. We push things around by files anymore, not by paper. So they talk about checks disappearing. We see less and less of, of that paper. Um, cash disappearing. Now, will we ever be a cashless society? I doubt that. However, we live by our card. We live by our phone. And all of the technology coming up is saying, hey, we don't need that cash anymore. How much cash do you carry in your wallet? Right. Not much. I think she was – that wasn't just a hypothetical <laughs> question. I think yeah. she was <laughs> we'll, – we'll, we'll talk in, in just a minute. You, you mentioned uh, remote check deposit. And, and so I'm talking to you right now. If that's not something you're using, if it's not something you have the capacity to do at your bank – I would encourage you to do that. I tell you, I don't get a lot of checks, but when I do, it is so convenient to just snap the picture and do it electronically. And we have that on the the business side as well as the consumer side. So you pick up your cell phone, take a picture of the check. Um, Businesses can have an actual scanner in their office taking care of the large deposits. Yep. Um, it's just a smart thing to do. We got the scanner here at KFG. So if you're a small business owner, we got the scanner at KFG here, and it's been phenomenal here. We do have a question coming up from a listener about when you're when you're depositing those checks by phone, how long do you actually have to keep the check? That's a good question. We're going to get that in just a minute. Plus, what you're all wanting to know, how safe and secure is all of this? So we're going to put Darla on the hot seat here. So a lot more to come here with uh, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. I've got Josh Gregory with me today. We kicked Kevin Corhorn out. We've got special guest Darla Kaufman, electronic banking specialist from First State Bank, talking about recent trends and everything you need to know about banking and technology Special thanks to the folks over at First State Bank for sponsoring the Wise Money Show. Thank you so much, as well as the attorneys over at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene. If you have a question, let me just remind you, 574-222-2000, text or call, or connect with us online, wisemoneyradio.com. So we've been talking about trends happening in the banking world and and how people are banking differently because of technology. And, and then we're going to be touching on how safe is all this stuff? But let's talk more about trends. You said something a little interesting. We we were talking about um, remote check deposit, and you said, "Well, will checks go away completely?" I I would lo- I would love that 
actually. (laughs) I don't know how likely that is or how soon, but what other, can you speak to that more or what other trends are you seeing, Darla? So people aren't writing checks anymore. Uh, When you go shopping, you're in a retail facility, you get frustrated by the person in front of you who's writing a check because it seems like (laughs) it takes an hour for them to write a check. And <laughs> Not really, me. Not me. Personally, I write maybe one to two checks a month, and mm. those are just to places that can't accept an electronic payment because I've got them set up on my bill pay inside online banking, or I can initiate that from my phone, or I've got direct deposit. My, you know, my obviously my paycheck's coming in direct deposit, but money is going out to our payees electronically. So that's just the trend for consumers as well as businesses to make those payments, uh, be able to accept payments electronically. So when we rolled out through mobile banking, call it P2P, person-to-person payments, Mm. where I just need to know your email and I can initiate a payment to you, you accept that email put in a a security code that we have agreed upon, you put in your routing number and account number where you want the money to go, and it's in your account. Oh, my gosh. Genius. Sounds like magic. (laughs) Yes. That's great. This all flows through um, the Federal Reserve, so it's an ACH transaction, just like a direct deposit would be. So it takes a little time for that to happen. It hasn't been quite as fast of a transaction, although it can happen within 24 hours if both parties are doing what they need to do. Yeah. But... um, now we're seeing money move through cards. So from one card to another, from your your visa to somebody else's visa, and that can happen instantaneously. Really? So there are ways to move money out there that are just increasing. We've seen in business um, same-day ACH, which is a big deal, mm-hmm. um, and that has really started rolling out last October. We're going to see another segment of that coming out this October Lots of ways for consumers and businesses to move money quickly. Is that cheaper than wiring money? ACH is absolutely cheaper is it free than wire. Or is it? It's not free. Okay. But it, you know, when you talk about a $25 wire versus maybe a $6 ACH, mm-hmm. or, you know, depending on the situation, right. there are different prices, but. ACH is so much cheaper. So one of the things I wanted to encourage all of you to do, and I'm assuming 95% of you already have Mm -hmm. a bank account established and you've already got direct deposit set up and maybe even have auto bill pay. But to the 5% of you out there that don't, folks, technology is changing how you bank. And as a a consumer and as a capitalist, I like that. It's it it helps. It greases the skids of commerce. You can transact business more quickly. Don't be left behind and don't pay extra costs by not having your own checking account set up. You if that's not you, you need to do it. If you don't have direct deposit, you should because as Darla's talking here, it's going to be much easier for you to make payments out of that, and and ultimately it avoids you having to go cash your check or do those. Um, you know, payday loans, which are ridiculously expensive. Guys, uh, avoid all of that cost and hassle. Make sure you're setting up your accounts. You know, all this talk about uh, trends in the technology itself, it, it gets me thinking about trends in the demographics of our society. You know, more and more uh, people are maybe spending time in Florida or somewhere warm for part of the year. I just met with a client recently who uh, just retired has sold everything, bought an RV, and he's going to go mm-hmm. travel the country. And one of the dilemmas that we ran into was, well, how is he going to handle his banking relationship? And as a self-described small-town bank, 
Um, how do you guys deal with, with that? Is there technology that is strong enough to facilitate a lifestyle that's on the go? Well, that's what we love about being a small town bank, um, that we have customers who are in all stages of life. But those snowbirds, as you say, that are, are leaving us um, that go at least for the winter, maybe to a warmer climate, we love the fact that technology has been able to connect us to them, let us keep them as a customer and be their bank. They don't feel like they have to establish a new relationship with a big box somewhere else with people that they don't know. So we can, you know, direct deposit. Obviously, their benefits, government benefits, are going to come in direct deposit. If they've had investments over the years, those investments can come in direct deposit. They've got their money. They have an ATM card or a debit card. They can go out shopping. They still have a debit card from First State Bank they can go out and use. Um, we have great programs, and a lot of institutions do, to offer rewards for using those debit cards. Um they can you go to an ATM and get the cash they need. They don't have to have a local relationship with another institution. Uh, I have lots of customers who are 60s and beyond who are doing mobile deposit, who are using their debit cards, um, and they really like still dealing with us, and we yeah. love to have that relationship. Absolutely. So it just begs the question, folks. You've been wondering it now for a few minutes. How safe is it? How secure is this? <laughs> Darlet, talk to us about... Uh, because I deal with a lot of folks where I encourage them to do some banking online and they say, oh, I don't know, I've had a bad experience or I'm not sure how safe it is. So can you talk to the security of it? Absolutely. So online banking is safe. Every bank, every institution that has it is going to tell you it's safe. Um, we stand behind, they always use their terms, SSL, secure socket layer, um, to keep your online experience safe. But there are things that we always like to tell people because um, it seems like we're, we're prey mm. <laughs> to those who have nothing better to do. So here we go. Um, one of them is don't talk to cyber strangers. You get ah. people online, especially through social media now. If you don't know them, don't start that talk. Don't start the relationship because it usually doesn't end up good. I got an um, email from a client this week where they mm-hmm. did that. And, and now we're scrambling. They're scrambling. They're concerned uh, because they talk to someone they shouldn't have and release some information that they shouldn't have. Right. So don't. Don't well, do it. Be suspicious, folks. It happens more than, than you know. Um, treat your smartphone like the computer it is. Ah, good advice. Make sure that you have some security on there. Um, social networks can be dangerous. So just keep your guard up. Um, use, use the net the internet to your own advantage. So check your balances online. It's a tool. Use mm. it. Um, get free help. If if there's a, been a problem, there's plenty of help out there. And uh, my favorite one is always think of a new word. When we talk about passwords, which is something I want to, hopefully we can talk about a little bit later, um, come up with a new password. Make it a phrase, something in your head. Mm. Passwords do need to be our friends. Um, never, ever, ever give anyone online your social security number. On ever, phone, ever, 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 ever. Um, shred your your safe documents. Make sure they're safely and securely stored. Um, and if something happens, fight back quickly. Ask for help. Call your bank. Call your financial institution. And then trust your gut. If it seems like it's too good to be true or something about that isn't quite right, don't do it. What about, so so you mentioned use your phone, which I certainly do. What about public Wi-Fi? 
Oh no. Do do you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you check your balance or do banking when you're sitting at McDonald's? Well, obviously we're all using the 4G networks and that's fine. Don't get on a public Wi-Fi on your computer or your phone and go to your online banking. It, it just releases too much information that is, can be publicly shared. You think about all the, the pit stops that that information goes through on that wireless network. It's a bad idea. Yikes. Mm-hmm. I, I may have been guilty of that <laughs> one in the past. Okay, so so no public Wi-Fi, but what about you're just on cell data? So, again, say no to that? I wouldn't say cell data is a, is a no I I would I do that especially okay. you know you're on your app it's okay yeah um, just no Wi-Fi I usually just do it from a secure location I've got my Wi-Fi set up at home and I've got a very special hockey phrased password you'll never guess it folks <laughs> or at the office here so don't just just be careful just be careful those are great tips we're gonna hit more of them coming up as well as what's safer shopping online with a debit card or credit card ooh interesting mm-hmm. question we've got that coming up and a lot more here. Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm Mike alongside Josh, alongside special guest Darla Kaufman electronic banking specialist at from First State Bank. We're so glad to have her on the program. Thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. We've been, oh, tapping Darla's brain about all the trends and safety security of electronic banking. A lot more to come. And then we've got great questions from you, our listeners, that we've got to hit with Darla. If you have a question, reach out to us. Call or text 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com. Okay, so a little bit more about the safety. Josh, you had a specific question about how safe is it? Yeah, I've often uh, been curious about what kind of liability rests on the customer's shoulders if... um, Maybe their debit card gets compromised or something. We often hear people argue that credit cards are safer than a debit card in that regard. Is, is that true? What? How, how does that work? Yeah, so there's a couple of different things there. Um, a debit card compromise is, first and foremost, not not the fault of your financial institution. Mm. We get blamed for this, and I just have to keep getting my card reissued whenever there's a a compromise situation. That is the problem of the card vendor. Um, Whatever whatever retail organization had the problem, it was their processor that had the breach, and we're just the one that's reissuing a card. So I can't blame you for the target (laughs) hacking or the skimmers. Please don't. It costs us a lot of time and money to replace those cards. I thought you were to blame for that, actually. No, I'm just kidding. But what we we do tell our customers is if there's an, an issue when there's a compromise or there's fraudulent activity on your debit card, you're not responsible for that. Um, we will give you credit for that and we'll make things good in your account and we'll give you a new card and you move forward. Okay. Um, we would say that maybe shopping online, you're going to be better off to use a credit card rather than a debit card. Um, credit card, there's more safety built into that and you always have a fallback on the like the Visa or the MasterCard 
name and yeah. their guarantee. So we would say use a, a credit card online. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What about, um, is it safe to be able to connect your bank account to some of these mobile apps that are out there? You know, we've talked on this show about mint.com, Quicken, that sort of thing. I hope you tell me that that's safe because <laughs> well, we've been well, recommending e- it even, a lot. Even for our clients, uh, all mm-hmm. of our clients at Corhorn Finance Group, they've got their own web page where they can see their entire financial life all in one spot. And you connect it. It's non-transactional. So you can't log in and start moving money around, mm-hmm. but you can go in and see things and then we plan off of that. So how, I mean, do you like that? Is it, is it okay? Oh, I think those are great um, great software products to be using for financial planning, for budgeting. Mm. Um, I, they're, they're safe. Good. Um, the transfer of that information is good. Um, so I would, I would continue to use those. I would continue to um, have your clients using those. Uh, we have some that are doing QuickBooks uploads and things like that. So, yeah, good wonderful. products. So, I mentioned earlier that that this first time Daryl and I have met, but we've connected a little bit on email because we got set up with the remote check deposit here at Corhorn Financial Group. Oh, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Seems like a year. Time flies. I'm getting old, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it guys, it's just changed how we do business, and it's much more efficient. So we have a lot of great listeners to the Wise Money Show who are business owners. Talk about some of the trends in banking that specifically business owners or even folks that are doing payroll or doing accounts receivable or accounts payable at their at their employer that they need to hear about. So I think business has been a little bit slower to adopt electronic services in some respects than consumers. Um, consumers tend to rush into things, and so <laughs> what? whether no. they know about the product or not, they, they rush in, and that's okay. But businesses step back a little bit and look, is this good for my business? And those are good questions to ask. But there are lots of things out there for business now. So remote deposit was just the first big electronic push that we had. Um, we've always had online banking for businesses, and we have um, cash management, treasurer, um, treasury products for businesses. And if that's positive pay, which is one of my favorites, that they're uploading a file every time they write a batch of checks that says, here's what we're submitting. And when those checks clear, are they clearing for the right amounts and the right check number and the right payee? Ah. So we know that there's no fraud going on out there with their checks. Um, Because businesses are going to be the slower ones to get rid of checks. Yeah, well, really? I mean, so so business if for individuals, you're stewarding yourself, and that's very, very important. With businesses, you're stewarding your employees as well as all of your customers. So you should be a little more patient, but you also don't want to be left in the dust, and especially doing things inefficiently or more costly than that could be right. done. You mentioned another one that we've taken advantage of, and that is connecting with QuickBooks or whatever your accounting software is. Instead of all of that data entry, you can download and then just sort. Yes. Or categorize, I guess. So another item that those in the offices love is the payroll function. So mm. they're uploading a payroll file. Everybody who gets paid, they're routing in account numbers at their individual institutions, how much they're getting paid, and it's going out there in a, as a file and can settle in their accounts in 24 hours. So um, I, absolutely a great service. That's all coming from a QuickBooks, Quicken, some other software, mm-hmm. proprietary software coming into our system and then out as an electronic file for pay. Um, 
And then electronic payments. Your business vendors want paid electronically, and they want to send you electronic payments because everybody wants that money to move faster. We're not going to wait on that check anymore. We're not going to play the float game. So what can we do to make things move faster? And those are all ACH or Federal Mm -hmm. Reserve products. And it's just bigger and better. Bill pay, um, even if we can do electronic payments through bill pay, it's something that businesses want to do. So it's out there, and we need to get them to take advantage of it. As a consumer, setting up bill pay, so instead of writing a check to pay for your your utility bill, you log in and have the bank send the money. Does that cost the consumer anything? Well, there's there was a push about mm, five or six years ago, at least, for everything to go electronic. So that includes your bank statement to go to you as an email. Mm. And I say that because we sort of linked that bill pay product to electronic statements and said, okay, it's cheaper for us if we don't have to mail a statement to you, so we'll give you bill pay for free. Oh, yeah, got it. They go hand in hand. So most of the time, you can have free bill pay now as a consumer or mm-hmm. a business if you're electing to get your statement electronically because that saves us money and time. I love the bill pay feature. We've got a question coming up. And I, I'm kind of stealing some of the let's, – let's hit it now. Should you set up, as a consumer, should you set up – should you set up um, – automatic bill pay. This makes me a little nervous. I'm even stuttering to saying it. It's, it's <laughs> allowing someone to pull money right out of your account for your utility bill. So my suggestion is always have control. Yes. Thank so you. Yes. I, I tend to say, we know those um, utilities are okay. Gas, electric. Um, I'm very shaky about having a cell phone company have control. Mm-hmm. But if it's my water bill or it's my electric bill, I'm okay with them pulling that money every month because you know typically you can do a budget for those and you know how much. But for others, I would say take control, get in your bill pay, you send that payment. And even if it's the same amount every month, set it up as a recurring and it will go every month. See, um, I feel like the, the bills that are the same every single month, those are definitely the candidates to hit first and to kind of ease into this. Mm-hmm. Some folks... They're playing it a little too close in their cash flow, maybe not keeping enough kind of float money in their checking account. And sometimes um, I I wonder, could an unexpectedly large utility bill suddenly put them in a position where they've dipped down too low in their checking account or something? So, So some of these variable expenses that are up and down throughout the year from month to month, um, those are the ones that I encourage people to kind of hold on to the control. Um, But if it's your mortgage payment or a car loan payment, student loan payment, where the dollar amount is the same every single month, I love the idea of freeing up your life. You know, don't spend time paying regular bills. Let technology do that for you. Yeah, I'd say let them set up, let that company set up the direct pull, pull that money each month or set up a recurring bill pay yourself and let it go each month. And then the other thing is, yes, take one at a time and as they come. And then there are alerts. There are always alerts inside your online or mobile banking that you can set up to alert you if you're going below a certain balance because of some of these things. And so set those up. Okay. Let yourself know what's going on. Got it. All right. We've got still more to come here with Darla Kaufman from First State Bank, especially what in the world's this chip in your debit card? We're going to ask her that question coming up. That and more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard alongside Josh Gregory. We have special guest, Dar- special guest Darla Kaufman uh, from First State Bank, electronic banking specialist, in the studio with us today talking about everything you need to know about the safety and trends of mobile banking. If you have any questions, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com. Or give us a call, 574-222-2000. You can even text us there as well. Lastly, if you've missed anything and you thought, you know what, I, I want to hear a little bit more about that, uh, you can follow us on um, on iTunes, Google Play. You can download every podcast. We put it up on the website as well. So if you missed anything, connect with us that way. We are into great questions that you guys have asked. We had one that we've already hit. Let's see, it was from Jane. She asked, is it safer to use a debit or credit when shopping online? Darla said, probably use the credit card. Um, Let's hit this next one, it's from listener Heather. She fell victim recently to a computer scam and believe that her computer was exposed to a hacker for a few hours. She asks, what steps do I need to take to make sure my bank accounts weren't hacked? I love that question because that's actually one that's floated around in my head before and I've never taken the time to ask it of anybody. Yeah. You know, you, you can put an alert on your credit report, but is there anything you can do at the bank or anything you should be doing at the bank if you think maybe I'm vulnerable here? Wow, that's, that is a great question. Um, unfortunately this question from Heather we hear on a weekly basis. Oh my gosh. So there's so Scary. many people out there calling and saying, um, I noticed that you had a problem with your computer. And of course, somebody's going to say, you know, it has been running slow lately. And they let them dial in, screen share, and then they have control of their computer. And we never know what information they're getting. The good part is that no matter what financial institution website you're on or online banking you have, your full account numbers should never be out there. So they should never be able to get your full account number, at least from that area. Mm. If you've put it somewhere else, we can't guarantee that, obviously. But, um, And I'm not a computer guru, but for what you can do security-wise, if I have a customer that calls in and says, you know, somebody was in my computer, I know they were in there for 10, 15 minutes, I don't know what all they did. First thing I do is block their online banking so not even they can get into it until Uh they take it to some place and have that machine looked over. These viruses, key loggers that get installed on these computers are very hard to find. So I'd have somebody who really knows what they're doing look over the computer, make sure everything's okay, and then we're going to open up your online banking again, reset the password, and then you just kind of start fresh. but we do make it so that your account number is not found anywhere in your online banking. So you can at least feel safe in that. So so I'm, I'm drawing out two takeaways. First, folks, um, be, be cautious and be suspicious. If someone is calling, if a stranger is calling and saying, I noticed that your, your computer's running a little slow. Can I get on and check things out? No, no, it's not someone that you, that you trust. And maybe even if it's your grandson. <laughs> well, and <laughs> or says they're your grandson. That's right. Um, and so some of you listening and say, oh, that would never happen to me. Well, then talk to your, talk to your folks about it. Okay, M- make sure that there's a healthy level of suspicion out there. Second, if something happens, 
call the bank. Call your bank first. Don't just think, well, I can, you know, I'll just be a little more careful. No, call the bank because it sounds like First State Bank has a good policy. They're going to shut down mobile banking to make sure no one can get on and transact business. And then finally, take the computer to someone that you trust and have them look it over to make sure that there isn't some scary software that's embedded in your computer that you can't see, but it's running in the background. So great stuff. Um, All right. Next question here. My, this is uh, coming from Ryan. My bank recently started to allow remote check deposit. I've never done it before. How does that work? And do I need to keep the checks for a certain period of time after I remote deposit them? That's an excellent question and things that people don't ask. Um, we try to give out the information. Of course, people don't read. So <laughs> here, here we go. So when you have a check and you're doing guilty. <laughs> yeah, guilty. <laughs> you're doing a mobile or remote deposit, you always want to I always suggest you mark that check in the upper left hand corner, just a check mark or an X that you have deposited it mobily. And then you keep that check for no more than thirty days and you want to keep it someplace safe and secure because if someone steals that check, they could scan it in, change the amount, change the payee and then we have a problem. So keep it someplace safe and secure till you get your bank statement, know that everything's good with that deposit and then shred it right away. Mm. Don't shred them right away. Don't just take the picture and shred it because if the deposit didn't go through correctly, then you don't have the check to rescan. How often does that happen, by the way, where you've you've scanned it, you've done the mobile upload and the dollar amount was maybe two numbers were transposed or something's wrong with it? Well, is it pretty rare? It, it is. In the systems that we have, there is a, a proof, a back room that's somebody who's looking at it or a system that's looking at it. So generally, those things are fixed without your your attention, without you even knowing. But there can be a case where the scan just wasn't right and it needs to be rescanned. So those that are shredding those checks right away don't have that ability. They have to go get the check reissued. All right. I'm talking to you movie buffs out there. Catch me if you can. <laughs> you guys know? I was laughing. Okay, so so that's a true story, right? I, I think. Um, and it's played out by two of my favorite actors, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, and it's all about check fraud. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw remote check deposit, I thought, oh, my goodness, there's going to be so much fraud with this stuff. And I know that doesn't really impact the consumer, but my question is to you, Darla, is have you seen a lot or what's been the trend in banking? Is there more fraud Are Leonardo DiCaprio's popping up all over the place trying to beat the system here? Well, check fraud doesn't go away. Check fraud is still the easiest type of fraud to commit um, because now you can buy, I shouldn't even say. Uh, Don't say it. We get some suspicious people listening to the wise. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But okay, so it's but it's It's easy easy to to, it's easy to create your own checks. So we do see a lot of check fraud, but um, I don't see a ton of it coming through remote deposit. Really? And we do review remote deposits um, over a certain dollar amount. So we are watching that. And unfortunately, fraudsters know what limits are and where what those check amounts need to be mm. to fall into a category that they might not be caught. So is that more a case where you as the bank need to be vigilant as opposed to us as consumers being concerned about that issue? I think it goes both ways. I think you need to, again, ask the question, how did I come about this check? And do I know the person that I got this from? Do I know this business that I was dealing with? 
And is this check legit? Do I ha- do you have any qualms about that check being a good check? Mm-hmm. And if you do, don't deposit it. Bring it to us. Let us look at it. Um, some some consumers deposit knowing that it's not a good check, which is a very slim amount. But others, they simply just didn't understand. They didn't know, or they were taken taken for a trip on a um, this is a work from home scam and. Mm here's what you get, so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I've said already this hour how much I love the remote check deposit personally and for our business because my hope, even though I love First State Bank, my hope is to never walk into a (laughs) bank again. (laughs) It's just so convenient because I'm working. I'm working from, you know, 8 to 5, 8 to 6. During the times when the bank is open, I'd rather be able to transact business. We don't take it personally. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, another quick question here. I've teased it out there. I've been curious about this. Here's what Eric asked. I recently received a new debit card with a chip in it. Is that better than swiping when I pay with credit or debit? How does that really work? It's slower, isn't it? It feels like a step in the direction of writing checks, actually. <laughs> Drives me crazy. You know, but I'm sure it's, there's a good reason behind it, right? In our do-it-fast-get-it-now society, we don't like to take... 10 more seconds to do anything, but that's right. really what it has pushed us to. Um, chip cards are the way that we're going at this time. Um, all debit cards, all credit cards should within the next year be chip enabled. And that just means that the chip inside there is creating a secure code each time the card is used. It is more secure than our typical swipe and sign. Um, so I would not be hesitant to use them. And the only place that we're going to find a problem with it is online purchases where you don't have a chip-enabled reader to be able to take that card. So mm-hmm. um, that doesn't really change fraud or any of that online, but it is it is a better way to go. Oh, gotcha. Well, very helpful, Darla. Thank you so much for being on the program today. This is helpful information. Thanks for having and, me. And I personally have been encouraged and learned a few different things as well. So thank you so much. Folks, that is all the time we have for today on behalf of special, de- special guest, Darla Kaufman from First State Bank, as well as Josh Gregory and myself and all of us at KFG. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.